Amen. Relationships. Relationships are so complex, aren't they? People are different. People are different on every level. People are different in the workplace. They're different in our family. But relationships are so important to our Savior. And so I want to kick off this series here in January on relationships. Building a better relationship. How many of you would agree with me it's not good to be alone? Amen. For some of you, you like being alone. For some of you, you like being a recluse. For some of you, you're like, I, I don't even like people. I ran in, I was at a store this week and, and an individual said to me, uh, it was at a restaurant, and he said, man, I'm glad I get to work as the, the store manager. And I said, well, why was that? And he said, because I don't even like people. I go, what do you mean you don't like people? You have got such a magnetic personality. I said, you are the coolest dude. I mean, dreadlocks down to here. I said, Max is cool, isn't he? I mean, anybody that knows him, he's a cool dude. And, uh, and I said, when he smiles, his face smiles. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just awesome. And I said, so that just kind of took me by surprise. I said, so I looked at him, I crossed my arms. I said, all right, what happened? And so he proceeded to tell me. He said, well, you know, at 15 years old, I shot my, my mom's boyfriend. He said, so growing up in a bad family with not the right type of influence kind of messed me up. So I've, I have some trust issues. I have some issues that's just, it's real difficult for me. And I told him, I said, but listen, you have potential, young man. I felt like I was being a youth pastor back in the day. No, I'm going to pour into you. You're going to listen to me. And, uh, but I told him, I said, you have potential. Don't let circumstances of this life and of this world make you feel like you're not of value because you are. You're of value to someone, somewhere. Understand your place. Understand your role. Understand how valuable relationships are. And I, and I know for myself, I don't like being alone. I can't stand being alone. I love being with people. Um, people are like the, the blood that I need that goes through my veins. And uh, you take me away from people, I'd probably plummet really, really quickly. Some of you can probably relate to me. But I want, I want if you will, please, take in your Bible and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 20. But... I like how this starts off, and I really do believe if we want to have the right kind of attitude and the right type of spirit, then we need to do what? We need to be imitators of who? Of God. We need to understand our place. We need to understand our role. Maybe For some of you, it's been very difficult to be an imitator of God. But now today is where we start off 2022 Really where the rubber meets the road and we get real with God instead of just playing our part. You know, owning a janitorial custodial company, I was challenged even this week. Uh, I'm always challenged, you know, because people can push those buttons, right? And guess who knows exactly what buttons to push? Satan. You know, he's got his, he's got his army out there. He's got his demons out there to just like push, 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 push so that I lose perspective of who I am. That I'm to be a what? An imitator of God. Let's read this together. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, it says this. Therefore, being imitators of God as dear children, it says there, 
that we need to do what? And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. We'll pause right there. I'm going to add a little advertisement because this is what I do. For a sweet-smelling aroma. I really do believe that if you are an imitator of God, that there's something sweet about you. For some of you, you could put on the cologne and I can smell it as soon as you walk in the sanctuary. Then how many people can just say, oh, they're so sweet. I used to love what Grandma used to say to me. Oh, he's as sweet as sugar, honey. I'm like, yep, they're sweet. But that's our... That's who we should be. We should have a sweet-smelling aroma. Then it says in verse 3, But fornication and cleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator or unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. In verse 6 it says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, for you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as what? Let's all say this together. Children of light. For you were once in darkness, but now we want you to walk in children of light. For in verse 9 it says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Isn't it interesting as we're talking about Russ? Listen, we have to redeem the time because the days are evil. Let's make every minute count, every second count, every hour count. Let's make it count. Because it says here in verse 17, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is in excess or dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always. For all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can we go back to verse 19? If you'll please do that for me. I like that it says they're giving thanks always, but it says speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Look to the person next to you and say, it is great to see you today. It's great to see you. It's great to see everybody watching. You know, think about it. Good to see you. Good to see you and you and you and you. It's great to see everybody, right? Because it says here, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. How many of you, just let's be transparent, and I want you to be honest. You are in the house of the Lord. How many of you came in here today kind of a little bit down? The weather made you feel down. You maybe woke up late, kind of feeling discouraged. Right. We do that, right? But it's great to come into the house of the Lord because we need one another. We need each other. We need to pour into each other. 
We need to notice things like, man, your hair looks great. Did you get it cut? Wow, that shirt looks amazing on you. We need to encourage and to pour into one another and to fill each other up and to just love one another. We were never intended to be alone, ever. God wanted us to be together. Okay, so I'll throw this in there. So he says in his word, where two or more gather to my name, I'm in the midst. So, Father, thank you for being in our presence. It is great to have the Holy Spirit here with us. It's great to have the Son with us. It's great to have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit with us here today. See, we fail to realize just how good our God is. But listen, if He can be with us right here, He's with Russ. He's with Leslie. He's with those. Listen, you know, it is, it is precious to me. Yes, we weep and we mourn the loss of people because we build relationships, right? And so today, as we journey through the thought of loss, we start to grieve. We start to mourn. And those are just normal attributes and characteristics of our life. But I want you to know that God is with us. He is Emmanuel. We went through Christmas. We understand that God loves us so much. You know, there's a song out by the Gaither Vocal Band. It's called Loving God and Loving Each Other. And I wanted you to hear this. I thought it was really, it's been one of my favorite songs. And about 15 years ago, we started the church 16 years ago. 15 years ago, I said, this year, our theme is going to be loving God first and then loving others second. But in this, I think it really starts to show you, no matter what age they are, you look at the, the Gatlin brothers, the Oak Ridge boys, you look at, you know, Bill Gaither, He's gotten old, by the way. But I think we all do, right? And, uh, but when you look at this video, listen to this song. And this kind of explains just a little bit about loving God and loving other people and how valuable that is. Loving God Loving each other Yeah. 
tend to make it harder. Build steeples out of stone. Fill books with explanations of the way. Larry, but if we stop, if we just stop to listen, just break a little <laughs> That'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> That's when we'd all hear the masters. That's as good as it gets. Sing with us. and we look at our lifetimes. I don't know, the, the median age in this room is 32. I thought I'd just say that. But when I hear that song and I look at the Oak Ridge Boys and I think, you know, the impact that they've left on people or the Gatlin Brothers or even, even the Gaithers, you know, I just love that they can come together and understand that there's one common denominator that keeps all of them together. And that's loving God. Loving God first and loving people second. Understanding that role in relationships. And it just it means a lot to me. And I thought that it would be so befitting for today to understand that it's never good to be alone. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for this message. Father, I pray that you'll bless the next few minutes together as we get to open up your word and understand, Lord, what you have to say to us. Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for the spirit that's here. So, Father, I just pray that uh, you'll continue to speak to us, open up our hearts and our ears and our mind. Lord, let us just hear from you. Lord, speak to us and change us. In your holy name we pray. Amen. You know, this is kind of one of my favorite times of the year, and I would normally say this coming into February, uh, because I get to say, see ya, Mr. Winter, and hello, spring. You know, you, you kind of feel that way, right? Although we've been very blessed, haven't we? haven't we? I think we've all enjoyed the freshness of spring throughout the whole winter season. And I'll take it, amen? Now, I know our treasurer will take it because he doesn't have to worry about the big, huge snow plowing bill. Amen, brother? And uh, every, it's so funny because when I called Anthony last night, he said, Anthony, could you come over here and salt? Because my daughter, Lindsay, walked out of the house as she wiped out on the concrete. 
and came back in and said, Dad, it is, it's like they're back there with uh, the kids at Children's Chapel, but she's like, uh, Dad, it's really, really icy out there. I said, thank you for the wisdom, and I will take your advice. Uh, do you need a Tylenol ibuprofen? Because i got to go call Anthony right now and get the parking lot salted. But, uh, you know, it takes time that, to understand that uh, we're here to work together. And I believe that we need to build better relationships. Wouldn't you agree? I think a lot of things have, have kind of skewed that through this season of this pandemic. After 20 months, I kind of did a little math, and I think we're actually going on almost 24 months of dealing with this pandemic, with COVID. I believe that many of us are socially restricted in our lives. We need to counter what I sense is a pandemic reclusion that many of us have been settling into. Many of us have found that we have had an interrelational reset as the past 20 months went along. We may have enjoyed some qualities of maybe a, a smaller circle where you're used to being around groups of people. People are sheltered in place. They're working from home. We may have grown more comfortable with the issues demanding nature of limited public engagement. Something inside us may not feel up for returning to the full intensity of the way things were or the way things used to be. There's something that can be healthy in resetting our relational nature. But I believe that we do well not to simplify retreat into a reclusion that will leave us more isolated. I believe this is an opportunity to build back a higher quality of what? Of connection, of meeting with people. And I do believe that there is something that is healthy in resetting our relational nature. In a word in which we speak of being connected in more technical ways, it is important to consider more personal nature of connection. The truth is that as a culture, being health or building healthy relationships has not been very easy for us. I like what this one columnist actually said in the Chicago Tribune, Maria Paul. She confessed in a, in a print a few years ago. And here's what she said. She said, I am lonely. This loneliness saddens me. She wrote, how did it happen? I could be 42 years old and not have enough friends. She wondered if perhaps there are women out there who don't know how lonely they are. It's easy enough to fill up the day with work, but it's still not enough. She subsequently wrote about the unexpected nerve this column struck. People stopped her at work while shopping at her, and, and even stopped her at her daughter's school saying things like, You too? You're lonely as well? I thought I was the only one. Letters came in from homemakers as well as CEOs. This column elicited seven times her usual amount of mail. And the letters all had the same theme. Why do I feel so lonely? Why is it hard to make good friends? Think about this. If loneliness is common for women, it may be even greater among men. Why is that? Who feel that it's just too hard to speak of. They don't want people to know. And loneliness has such a steam. 
In fact, that people will admit to being lonely in anonymous polls, but when asked to give their names, they will say they are independent and yet self-sufficient. As Mother Teresa said, loneliness is the leprosy of modern society and no one wants anybody to know that they're a leper. Loneliness, discouragement, depression. And loneliness is something that we can face on all different levels and for different reasons. There can be circumstances that separate us from those who have known and loved us. There can be positions of responsibility or convictions that are not easy to share with others. There can be fear and self-protection. We allow it to isolate us. And perhaps most notably, it can simply be challenging to find and form connections. Maybe for some of us in here. Maybe for you. Maybe you found that friendships can be hard to form amidst our urban lifestyles. But I want you to know, you are not alone in this challenge. You're not alone. Maybe you found it hard to maintain connection amidst our increasing mobility and changes. A friend moves or you move. And those who had gotten to know you are now that much farther away. Maybe you're a single adult who has found it hard not to Come, to home, come home to anyone. And you don't feel the companionship you long for. Maybe you are a married adult who has found that as you try to make your family a focus, you've found there are aspects of your life in which you feel alone. Does anybody kind of relate? You can shut the fans off if you would, please. Thank you, Brother Jerry. The truth is that many of us have more contacts than real connections. You see, we have more contacts than real connections. Social media has just kind of exploded all that. We know that. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, I have probably a good, I'm really proud of this. I have 12 friends and 1,232 fake friends on Facebook. I mean, it's, it was, I was pretty impressed when I looked it up. The truth is that we are a culture that has been feeling more and more. Alone, And even before the pandemic struck and took over the headlines, public health leaders were already speaking about an epidemic of loneliness. And you're like, Pastor, why are we talking about this? I'm talking about this today because I'll tell you why. It's been my number one conversation every single week. How is it for you? Do you like being alone? Do you feel alone? What are you doing during this time? People will tell me, Pastor, I love you. I'd love to be at church, but I have to stay sheltered in place. There are people that have literally stayed home for two years now. It saddens me. So I thought, well, what a better thing to preach on than loneliness? And what does the Scripture have to say about it? And how does this apply to our lives? And how can we become better people? I'm encouraged that you're here today. I love that you're here. I love that for some of you. I know that I've walked in some, some workplaces. You have to mask up. In your area of reference, in your workplace, in your employment, you have to wear a mask, and I could respect that. But again, things are on the rise, and it's difficult. And I want to read something to you. At the start of 2018, Britain appointed its first minister for loneliness. Did you know that? Who was charged with tackling what Prime Minister Theresa may have called the sad reality of modern life. 
thought it was interesting. And our former United States Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, raised the same concern about the quiet epidemic of loneliness. Listen, here's what he wrote. The fundamental thing is this. We have for years thought about ourselves as an individualistic society that champions individual achievement, achievement, but what the data around loneliness tells us more and more is we are truly interdependent creatures and ultimately we need each other. Thank you, former U.S. Surgeon General. We need one another. Would you agree with me? Amen. We need each other. And those words echo what God decided and declared so long ago. And in the biblical story of creation, we hear a declaration that we do well to hear and hear it deeply. It says this. Here's what it says. It is not good to be alone. Did you know that? Oh, I stand up here and that beautiful bride and that good-looking groom, they walk up here and they're all looking dapper and fine and they've got the finest jewelry, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, all that kind of stuff that goes with the fun festivity of it all. And then I get to stand up here and then get to read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And here's what it says as I look to this wonderful couple. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And it says in verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1, Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on earth. Interesting, huh? And it says here in chapter 2, verse 18, Then the Lord God said, Is what? It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him not speaking about just spending some good time alone, which is something we can all value. Having some time alone can sound good. We are often surrounded by so much that we need to restore our inner life. We're often surrounded by so much that we need to restore our inner life. Can I hear an amen? It's not speaking to how many people are around us because we all know that we can feel alone in a crowd. We sure can, huh? It's not just speaking about the marriage relationship here. Because the next statement is, I will make him a helper. I will make a helper suitable for him. And what he's saying, it was speaking of creation of woman. This is often heard as speaking only of a marital partnership. Certainly an affirmation of the complementary relationship of male and female. So it's fitting to think of that unique partnering. But if each one of us, if we take a step back, I'm going to teach you a little theology today. Something that God showed me last night in His Word. We discover that it's speaking of something more than an individual partner. They were now co-creators of life. And by the way of extension, this provision is a means to the whole nature of being relational Now watch. 
The man would no longer be an isolated individual because humanity could bear life and share life. Human life is no longer alone, no longer an isolated individual, and is now a fundamentally relational being. I'm going to break this down for you. The sense of completing something is essential to our life because even more clear when we recognize that there's something very unique about what God says about creating human life. And in every stage of creating, it always says he created and it was good. I've said over the last 30 years, as I've looked at my wife, We'll be renewing our vows this coming May as we celebrate 30 years of marriage. And I always say to my wife, mm, baby, I know it's good. You are good. I'm just quoting the word. I just have to say that because every time I see that, I just have to look at my wife and say that. I'm glad you are good. And I have to say it like that. I don't know why, but it's just what I have to do. Sounds sexy or something. She's scratching her head going, yeah, that's real sexy, honey. So if we look at Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 27, we start to identify something. Only when God created humanity does he refer to his own pluralness. Now watch. Only when God creates us does he refer to himself in the plural. And I found this very interesting as I was writing this message. That's why when we see in the scriptures, then God said, now watch. Pull up verse 26. Let us. Interesting, isn't it? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. He said, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Something is so distinct here. Watch this. God creates us to share his image. And when he does, only when he does. When God created us, it's the triune nature of God, which we become known as what? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here's where it's brought to us. Did you see that? It's brought out here in this scripture. What we discover is something so profound. In God, we discover different persons and a dynamic bond of belonging that is what? Everlasting. Think of that. From all of eternity, God has been a community of persons delighting in each other, loving each other, and communicating with each other. See, the Trinity here, what we're starting to see is that it's a personal relationship. A personal relationship is primary here. It's at the core of our very existence. I'm ill, honey. I told you, when my granddaughter's in here, she's just amen and, you know, the message. This relational nature is not a means to an end. It is at the core of itself. Now watch. As Tim Keller describes, what are they saying when they say, let us, watch, let us make this set of beings in our own image. They are saying, let's make these beings able to give what we're giving each other. 
Let's make these beings able to love and be loved. Know and be known. Praise and be praised. Enjoy and be enjoyed. And that's what makes up us. That's what makes up this church family. Let's make these beings share this unique nature of being distinct yet interconnected. Let us make man. That's why God says it's not good for man to be alone. What should be clear is that the problem is not that of a mistake, but rather that something is, isn't complete. The problem is that something is missing. And it's our relational nature. We are made in the image of someone who is not just a me, but an us. Wow. Let me say that for you again since you asked. We're made in the image of someone who is not just a me, but an us. Wow. Therefore, you and I cannot experience our truest humanity in isolation if we're only a me. And as I wind this service down, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have too many pages to go. But time is fleeting. And I'm going to say this as I close. The point is that we were created for reconnection. We were created for connection. And in the short time left today, I want to encourage you to recognize these important foundations. So yesterday we were moving Pastor Luke and he's moving out of the parsonage. My wife and I will be moving there in the spring. We'll be selling our house and we'll be on the property. And it was really kind of cool because everybody had left and it was just me and the two deacons, Pat and Ron. And I looked out the back window and I looked over and I thought, wow, this is so cool. I'm sure you loved it, Pastor Luke, when you guys were living there, just to be able to look out. And I love this church. I love this community. I love the assembling of people coming together. That's why I love coming to church because I do. I love, I love our people. And as I just stood there, I almost became so endearing for me because, you know, I pray over this place and I come in the sanctuary, nobody's here, and I kneel at the altar and I, and I walk the, the aisleways and I'll remember your faces. I may not always remember your names, but I want to pray over you and your family. But to talk about community, you know, as we were, were moving, we walked in and Pastor Luke's there and he says, all right, we're going to move this and we're going to move that. And I mean, you all know your pastor. I don't delegate. And I looked at him. I'm like, we're doing what? Brother, we're moving you out of here. You have an army in this place. You have a family here. You have a community here. People are here because they love you. Let's do this. Listen, if it was up to, to Pastor Luke, he would move everything himself. I tell him, stop being independent. God didn't make a team of me or I. He made a team of us coming together as a community. And that's what church is about. That's the assembly coming together as a body. That's what New Hope Talmadge is about. I could have never, ever done anything without connecting with people. My wife and I can't do this ministry alone. Do you know why we're, we're suffering a loss without Russ being here? Because that man owns the kitchen. Amen. He owns everything in it from utensils to food to the refrigerator stove. He owns the flooring. Ask him, he'll tell you. 
And I love that there's ownership. But I love that when people will go back to help him, they're there to serve with him. And he loves as he pulls out those pancakes and those eggs and sausage, bacon, spaghetti, whatever it is he's making, he's happy to serve you because he loves you. And I looked at Pastor Luke, I said, listen, brother, you're not coming back here. You have this U-Haul out here. We're, we are loading this place up. He's grinning back there. Because you know what happened? He started to get so overwhelmed. He's like, we're doing what? I said, yes, we're moving you out. You posted it. People will come. And by the way, we fed. One thing in New Hope, we know how to eat well here. I love that even as the treasurer set me over, you know, all the numbers for the year, he's like, well, pastor, as always, hospitality was up. Well, that's what we're all about. We're a fellowship of Christian believers coming together to chow. That's what we love. So we love coming together to encourage one another, to pour into one another, to love one another. And so I said, listen, you're not going to do this alone. We are the body. We are the church. And we're here to help. So by the way, Pastor Chris, could you head up the, uh, ripping up the carpet in the living room? At one point, Cindy goes, we're doing what? I go, yeah, he needs some carpet at the new house. We're taking this out of here. Let's rip this up and get it out of here for him. Let's take this from down here. Let's move it up here. And he's walking around the lake. I can't believe this. So I said to him today, do you feel better now? He goes, yeah, I really do. Everything's at the house. Praise the Lord. Hey, it takes 5, 10, 15 times more work when you're doing it by yourself. But church, you make serving Christ a joy. You make serving the Lord a pleasure because we do it together. We would have never been able to, to put the pavilion up. We would have never been able to do the landscaping. We would have never been able to, to think about this. We remodeled this building in eight weeks. Eight weeks. You guys are beasts. You're amazing. But you know why? Because we came together because we love each other and we love coming together. And aren't you grateful that today we get to praise the Lord? that we got to worship Him. We got to praise the Lord. Amen. So I want to leave you with a thought today. And here's my thought. As I was sitting in my recliner last night in the fancy office of my family room, and I was typing, I said, wow, God, You knew all about what relationships were about. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the three in one. That is profound to me. And all these years, all I kept thinking was the us was man, woman, and you. And the covenant was the three. But it isn't. It's you teaching us a lesson that we know you as God the Father. That we can accept your very own Son that came into this world, that died, who died on a cross, rose victorious over the grave, over the tomb. And we have the Holy Spirit that also you got Jesus who sits at the right hand. we got the Holy Spirit who bears witness with us and who speaks on our behalf. Thank you, God, for all the attributes and all the characteristics and all the cool things that the fruit of the Spirit has to offer for us that we get to offer the world. That's amazing to me. And it's so cool. So if you're here today and you feel lonely, we're going to go into three points next week on embracing our God-given connection. I want you to come back. You don't have to be alone. I'll leave you with this. My phone went off this morning and Pastor Rob from Canada.
he wrote me. He's like, hi, preacher. How you doing, brother? I just want you to know that today's my first day back in the pulpit. Hallelujah. They went for almost two years. Church was closed. And as soon as the church opened, he became, I think he was dealing with a lot. But he said, I need to take a sabbatical. And I shared that with the church to please pray for my good friend Rob, who's up there in Canada, in the Toronto area. And some of you have met him. But you know what broke my heart? It's that he and his wife, Heidi just went back to work. And he said, I said, so what are you preaching on today? And he said, joy. We just need to experience joy. And I thought to myself, oh, brother, do we all need joy, don't we? In a time like this, we need joy. But then he wrote me and said, would you please pray for us in Canada? Because they shut us down again. They want the, the grocery stores are closed. Restaurants are closed. You have to go in. I don't know how they did it before, but he goes, all of our restaurants are closed. You can't even go in. He said, and they want churches to close again. And so he said, here we are again facing this adversity. But then I'm reminded what the scripture said. That he created us. Us. In his image. And no matter what, it's cool. I'm a child of the Most High God. I've accepted the Lord as my Savior. And I understand, and I want more than anything. That's why I asked Jay, I said, Jay, can we just read all of Ephesians right from the get-go? I said, you know why? Because of this. I love that it says, put away all the junk in your trunk, put all the, the crud away, all the chaos of your life, and come over here and you just walk in my image, walk in my likeness, be an imitator of who I am. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, come to know Him. And then also, maybe you have some hurts, hang-ups, or habits that you need to get rid of and let go, let God, let Him take full control of your life and know that you can walk in Him. Don't let this pandemic make you a recluse. I want you to break out. And I want you to break free. It, it breaks my heart that so many people are in pain and suffering. Watch one another. Stay safe. But no, we need a Savior. And we have one that gives us life and gives it to us abundantly. And I know that my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. Let us rise to our feet. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for this message this morning. I thank You for Your church. I thank You for Your people. Father, we have so many prayer requests today, Father. Lord, it's been great to be in Your house. And Lord, I'm grateful for the truth of Your Word. That we aren't just made singular. We were created to be together for community, for connection, to embrace one another, to love one another, to pour into one another. God, we need one another. And so, God, I'm thinking of, of Russ as he's in the hospital and he's not doing well. Father, right now I pray in the name of Jesus that he will sense your presence. 
You said that we were made. We saw it in verse 26, that we were made in the us, not the me. So God, let him know that you're in that room. And I know it's difficult because right now we can't visit hospitals. We can't be with our loved ones. So there's this sense of loneliness. And Lord, we learned today that that's not healthy and it's not good that you created us to reconnect with people. Not to be a recluse, but to connect. So Father, connect with Russ. Let him know. Let him sense your spirit. Let him have a God story. God, if it's your will, then welcome him on the shores of Galilee. And that sweet Beulah land Lord, will he will reconnect with his loved ones. God, I know our loss is heaven's gain, but God, we know the importance of family and, and community. And so, Father, today, I thank you for those that are here. And I don't know what they're going through, but I want them to, to know that they've got God on their side. You said, greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. And so, Father, today I pray for a fresh anointing upon your people. Bless them. They don't have to be alone because they have a friend in Jesus. So, Father, we love you. And, Father, we thank you for this community. Lord, we praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's sing together.